What's going on? You're listening to the Humans at Game podcast. I'm your host, Q. This week we had on Samantha Paulson, who is a charity gamer. We talked about everything of that aspect and her background with gaming and things like that. Um, I'm not... I'm just going to scrap the whole long intro thingy as my life because I don't think people really care. Um, if you really do, shoot me a message. Um, I've got a lot, of other, a lot of other content out there too that just goes over that. But for this show specifically, I just I want to put more emphasis on the gaming content, more specifically the esports content. So moving forward, um, expect a lot more episodes diving deep into that industry specifically because they are separate. Um, while connected, while intertwined, they are separate, two different things. Um, so expect that. And then moving forward, I'm also going to do many, very many reviews on games that I'm playing and games that I missed in that stint that I just was not gaming because I was focused on my company. And then I'll also do many episodes on just everything going on within esports. So many news episodes, very many episodes, very digestible. So expect that. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode with Samantha Paulson. Excited to get back into this, but I'm I'm sick of the I'm sick of the hard intros, so I'm not going to do a hard intro for this episode. <laughs> but um, I don't know. You you mentioned something earlier in like the pre-chat, and I was just thinking like when I was growing up, like gaming was bad. Like nerds were the ones that game. Like I'm a total nerd, but nerds were the only ones that gamed. You know, like you didn't want to be associated with gaming. Like why would for you sure. play like any of that? Like that's so weird. Like go study, play sports, like be a man. Like all those things and it's it's just cool to see the changes that are going on now especially with everything that's going on in the world and i just like from your perspective like what a what a programs like extra life do for children like not the spiel not like what's on the website like what what do they actually do for children and yeah. why are games so important yeah underneath the hood of that well even for me personally i'm i'm right there with you i you know introducing and connecting myself with people never really own the fact that I spend so many hours like a week or a month playing games. That's, that's not something that you typically lead with, <laughs> but, um, you know, avenues and projects and organizations have really owned that fact, I think in the past couple of years and challenged it where, you know, programs like extra life can not only make a tangible impact in the community. So it takes that, little bit of passiveness of, you know, just being a nerd gamer who's holed up in the basement into something that's really actionable and really impactful for the community that you can see results and really be proud of that and really own the fact that you had that impact on not just yourself escaping into this world through video games, but improving the world that you're already living in, mm. which is amazing. Um, extra life, you know, I encourage people to go, you know, extra-life.org, check it out. But a little bit more than what you're going to find on that website there is you're going to, you're going to find a community once you really connect and deep dive there. These are people who are way passionate about not only supporting each other and cheering each other on, but connecting with the kiddos who are in these hospitals, you know, right now with everything that's going on in a pandemic who need it the most and also enabling them to really 
use gaming as a tool and an outlet during their time in a hospital. Um, you know, for example, over in uh, Phoenix, uh, Arizona, I believe, there was a kid over at the Phoenix Children's Hospital. His name was Maddox. And, um, you know, he had cancer, but he wrote on, he created his own Extra Life page. He wrote on there, you know, I, I don't want to be remembered as, you know, the kid with cancer. I want to be remembered as the kid who made a difference in another kid's life by going through with a gaming marathon for as long as he could. And of course he was in the hospital. He couldn't do a, a full 24 hour gaming marathon. Like we, um, you know, extra lifers typically do, but he did, I believe 15 hours and he raised Damn. almost like $15,000 during that time. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And it's all ages. It's, I think it speaks to a lot of different people in a lot of different ways for sure. What do you think now? Like, why did it take so long for that to be just, like, accepted on, like, a wide scale? I think that really came with the evolution of kind of the the social media aspect to gaming. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they talk about the gamification of a lot of different things. And in the gaming world, there's also been this integration into making it very social, making it very community-based, you know, especially with online play. I mean, you can, you can see Fortnite's numbers coming way back up right now. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly during this time, people are really connecting with it, but also with tools to really make that connection go deeper, like Discord, you have all of these community chats going on at the same time. You have coordinated gameplay. You have people, um, you know, streaming on Twitch or Mixer, um, you know, whatever your platform is with schedules that people can really support and watch and share and, um, you know, really, really make a bigger impact and really connect, you know, in ways that they never could before. Yeah, it's incredible, like just the power of gaming. And like, I feel like people don't talk about this enough. Like there's this, there's a streamer that I follow and there's honestly, I don't follow a lot of streamers because I think a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the gaming community is toxic. Um, and I, I really like the business side of it and I really like games of course, and the art, but there's this one guy that I follow. His name is term K 47. I think he's got, he's like number one in kills and apex legends, um, mm-hmm. which I don't play a ton of anymore for those listening, because I know I was obsessed with that last time I recorded a, an episode, but his name is term K 47. And, He's talked about like, like the depression, like that he's been through the, um, like his his state that he's living in, you know, like family stuff, all these different things, and mm-hmm. like the amount of, like the amount that people connect with him, like is unreal, you know, and it's yeah. it's just this guy that's like, yo, like I just I want to grind and I want to get my family out of this, you know, I want to come out of this, I want to be somebody, and I want to impact other people that have gone through things that I've gone through, you know, and it's people watching someone play a video game is so weird to a lot of people, but like there's, there's that story there. And that's, that's something that I've, I've neglected a lot too, which sounds weird considering what I do, but like, there's just, there's so much power in video games, just like anything. And just like any other, other um, form of art or form of escape or however you want to look at it. Like, yeah, no doubt. I had, there was somebody who explained it in, it sounds like such a simple way now looking back but you know trying to explain someone streaming video game play and you know people ask you know why don't you just go play the game yourself why would you watch somebody else do it and it's really like well why would we watch a cooking show 
yep. why would we watch you know all of these other things and that just kind of you know click that it you know it too can be an art even in the simplest way of just connecting to the community and seeing how people connect dude absolutely yeah yeah um, there was someone else that came on the show and he's like uh someone's like why would you watch people play video games or something or even like why would you play video games or something like that i don't know and he's like a lot of those people that say that are those same people that go to the movie theater when like a new star wars movie is released and they're like dressed up as darth vader or something like that you know they're the, right, they're the right. same thing you know or like you're wearing a packers jersey if you're from wisconsin or a vikings jersey or whatever you know whatever your team is like same thing exactly no that's funny though but um i saw something the other day that made me like just appreciate reading and i know this sounds weird i will tie it back in a second but um, it said ever realize how surreal reading a book actually is you stare at marked slices of tree for hours on end hallucinating vividly and i was like damn like thousand percent like that is freaking incredible you know and it got me thinking like reading is an escape gaming is an escape just like movies or tv or music or whatever your vice is you know but those things are also portals into other worlds and spaces in our minds that we didn't realize we had, you know, and I can't even explain how much gaming has done for me, but I'd, I'd love to just hear from your perspective, like outside of extra life, outside of what you're doing now, like how has that impacted you? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that quote. That's, <laughs> that's really deep right there. That's very deep. Um, you know, me personally gaming, it, Honestly, it, it starts a little back to family ties. The very first interaction that I had with gaming was just watching my older brother play. Goldeneye, actually, I think on Nintendo. Yes. Yeah, classic. Um, you know, if, and if he's watching, you know, there's, there's so many games that he took and I want back. But <laughs> story for another day. Um, but yeah, it, it goes back to really, you know, growing up watching. And that was how we bonded. We used to fight over, you know, all these little things, but when he's sitting down playing a game and I'm just watching, that's, that was so peaceful for us and that really connected us. So it, it started off as that connection for me, for sure. And then as I got my first system, um, I'm a PlayStation girl myself. Um, we are a divided household, though. We do have an <laughs> Xbox in the other room. Um, you know, as I got my first console and my very first games, and you know that feeling of when you complete a game from start to finish and you just have that sense of accomplishment that yeah. you you spent all that time and you were the one who drove that story that's really powerful and i think you know people can underestimate that sometimes on how much that drives your creativity and all of your problem solving you know it it led me to see a lot of different forms of artwork and you know in high school i really dove into that and was really um, way into advanced, you know, artwork classes as well from that. But it's, it can go a lot of different ways. Um, I think it means a little bit of something different to everybody. But for me, um, it, it comes back to community for sure. I really love the community part of gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Same. It's, it's fascinating that you mentioned, like it was the, it was the bonding and it was the watching, you know, which is very similar to me. I, my older brother uh, would play every system and I was a little brother, so I didn't get the controller ever, you know, unless right. it was done. <laughs> so I was just, I was sitting there, you know, watching, watching every game. And mm -hmm. it was just incredible to me what was possible, like what human beings could do. Like I was staring at this screen, seeing these, 
these things move you know i was like how is this even possible like i want to do this i mm-hmm. want to be a part of this and just very very interesting um but can you can you talk to me about like that segue like how did you take that love for gaming uh, and and bring it into what you're doing now with extra life yeah so i stumbled upon extra life i think by you know honestly i don't know what i was looking for in the internet for <laughs> for some um, like digital communications class in college, but I came across Extra Life in about 2015. And it's it was established in 20, no, 2008, actually, so quite a while ago now. Um, but it really hadn't gotten the big push that the last couple of years had done. So it was still pretty quiet. Um, you know, I, I found this and I'm like, what the heck is this? People can game and raise funds for their community, for their children's hospitals that I don't I don't quite see the connection. Like, what what are they talking about? And so I watched it for about a year and seeing so many people really own how they could impact their community was kind of like a light bulb a bit because um, back then they you know, when I had found it, discord wasn't really integrated with the system. Um, you know, streaming was not nearly what it is today. So it was very much still in a grassroots movement. But at that point, um, the next year I had finally decided, okay, you know, I've, I've watched this from afar for long enough. Like it's time to really, you know, get in it and see what I can do. Hmm. So, um, I joined extra life in 2016 and I set an incredibly small goal, just a hundred bucks. You know, nothing too crazy. If I hit it, great. If not, you know, no harm, no foul. Um, and that year I did raise uh, $100 just by, you know, teaming up with one of my friends, telling her about it. And it was just a really fun time to hang with your friends. You're doing something great for your community. And, you know, everyone really loves the fact that they don't have to be a gamer to still contribute because I've you know, a handful of friends that we just invited over for trivia. They're, you know, not PC gamers, they're not console gamers, but they really love the fact that there's ways for them to get involved on all sorts of different levels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was reading, uh, actually, I'll save that for later. You, um, you mentioned... Like right before we hopped on, I'm not sure if I was recording yet, but you were talking about the esports tournament in April, um, and you said they moved it to a from an in-person event to virtual in like two weeks or something like that. Um, I have my idea of what an esports event is because I've been to them, um, of course, and I, I'm assuming this one's a little bit different. Maybe not. You just walk me through like what it was, and then what did it look like virtually at the end? Yeah, it's very much going to be on a different level than your typical esports tournaments, you know, within the past two years that have, you know, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people sitting there watching, cheering on these really well-known gamers. Um, It's a little bit, I want to say more folksy um, on, on the community side of it. So they um, extra life holds an event called extra life United in Orlando, Florida that happens during children's hospital week. Um, In tying that together, uh, Extra Life supports Children's Miracle Network hospitals, about 170 across um, the United States and Canada. So they um, invite 
all sorts of gamers, you know, if you want to do tabletop gaming, they, they open that up to them. Um, but they also have a video game tournament going on for three days during that week that gamers can sign up to compete and win funds that go directly to their children's hospital. And that's over 150K that they can potentially bring to, sh- to their community, uh, which is, you know, crazy. So mm-hmm. they have, uh, you know, it's all bracket styles, but what really kind of makes it different and you know, last year was my first year going and I had no idea what to expect you know I I knew maybe about four people who were going to the tournament and it was about like 300 overall gamers in attendance um, so definitely a little on the smaller side probably compared to some esports tournaments um, but they started off with a game of rock paper scissors Yes. Which is very, very unexpected, very classic. Anybody can totally do it. But by the end of, by the end of that, um, that game of rock, paper, scissors, you start with 300 people just battling against each other to two sides of this room divided by hundreds of people cheering on just two people in the middle. <laughs> just picture that, if you will, for a minute. Yeah, it, it really kind of paints that picture of that's the sense of community. Even though you're signing up for a tournament and maybe you lost the first round, you lost the final round, you're still cheering on your opponent and these people who are competing against you because you know that even though a a kid from your hospital might not get those funds, there's a kid somewhere else who is still getting the help that they need. And it's, it's insane that you're impacting other people's communities in that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. I... I'd love to just see the numbers, um, see if everything's increased. Cause I know Twitch was up. Um, I think what, what was it last month, like up 31% or something like that. Like, I just love to see the numbers or if you know off your hand, like are more people donating now? Yeah. So actually tying that back into your, you know, kind of comparing last year to this year. So this year they were going to have it again in April in Florida. It was all set. They, they plan this about a year to six months, six months ahead, you know, like a typical, event planning schedule and it was supposed to be held in April and right around March was when everything had hit and you know they they did an awesome job communicating that they were just we're looking at all the options obviously going to do what's best for the kids and the families that are there um, because you really have to consider not only for all of us gamers traveling there for our health but the um the children's champions who might have immunocompromised systems who are going to be there that we usually get to connect with and meet with and hear their stories. Mm. Um, so they really looked at all the options and two weeks before the event was supposed to happen, you know, they finally announced, you know, it's really not going to come together for an in-person event. They, they did an awesome job, you know, respecting everybody's health. But what we really didn't expect is that they took this entire tournament that, you know, 300 gamers have signed up for with, um, you know, over 10 different video games that you've got to compete for and turn it all into a digital event that is still hosted over three days. You know, how are you going to coordinate your rule sets to change from for people being remote? How are you going to coordinate, you know, your moderators? That's that's an increase that you need right there. So even though it, it was such a short timeline for them, they nearly doubled their attendance and participants Damn. 
this year and they had over $375,000 raised. Yeah. It it I think that was nearly you know, almost nearly double what they had raised last year as well and the key I think for that was that it really unlocked all of this accessibility for folks, you know, who couldn't travel in any kind of environment or just really the timing did not work out for them. But with that pivot, it opened a lot of availability for people who had never heard of Extra Life and finally had a chance to try it because it was a free tournament. You didn't have to pay to sign up for it. And it was really amazing, you know, as much of an impact as the pandemic had on it, the fact that you know, people were looking to gaming for that escape or ways to support their community. It generated over 27 million social impressions. Mm. And that, that is insane. Yeah, that, that kind of reach is insane, but I think it really, um, it really kind of paved the way for the months to follow. There were a lot of other, um, a lot of other organizations that kind of jumped on that charity in esports coming together um you know like st jude's always has um an annual event but i know that um i think just this past month the um national hockey league had a fortnite charity event um i think it's the nhpla open about two weeks ago and that was about two hundred thousand dollars in funds that over 60 hockey players are, you know, playing in bracket styles, raising money for their charity of choice, which is insane to see, you know, folks who are in real life sports making that pivot as well into the digital scene as, you know, for esports. It's, it's really, I think it's a little bit of a time hop with the pandemic that's been going on. It's, I almost want to say it's fast forwarded about three years into where it was heading, but it's it's definitely sped up that process of all these different industries and avenues getting involved. Yeah, I wish this like just stuff like this was talked about more. I um I always say like everybody says like the game <laughs> the gaming community is toxic because it is you know it's not all of it but like stuff like this you know like this should be at the forefront. Because it's incredible, and gamers also, you know, like they're intelligent, they're informed, they're smart, they're talented, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I would love to just see these things at the forefront because this is incredible. And that name, like Extra Life, Play Games, Heal Kids, like I freaking love that. Like absolutely, that's yeah. And you, you explain that to anyone, and they're just like, "How in the heck can you make those two things fit?" But they they do it so well, and they make it so accessible for you know, like I mentioned, all ages. And all levels of gameplay, like I am way, just, I won't describe how bad I am at first person shooters, <laughs> but I don't, I don't have to play those in order to make a difference, which is great. I can, you know, pick what really, you know, works for me or what my friends can get involved into and, and really share in that excitement. I'd love to, you, you talk about first person shooters, I'd love to just see like, just esports as a whole just shaking up a bit like first person shooters are dominating you know even battle royales are just mm -hmm. dominating like and just it's not sad because i love first person shooters like i play them the most out of everything it's just 
I'd love to see some innovation. I'd love to see new things come out. You know, like I love MOBAs too, but like, I don't know. I just, I'd love to see some new things. I'm excited. You were talking about VR before this, like VR to make a hard entrance into the, into the professional esports scene. Yeah, I think that still has a little bit of time with yeah. some of the, the glitches that I've experienced in the gameplay, but no doubt. I mean, even something like Beat Saber, <laughs> yes. Make, making that into you know some next level stuff here I, th I think it's time yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see where it goes um i was reading your your extra life bio and it said it said ready ready player one and i'm assuming that means you've seen the movie or read the book or i did read the book um i i hesitated on watching the movie because you know the <laughs> the books and the movies it's always a battle against each yeah. other but no, that, that book was fantastic. I loved it. I loved all the little Easter eggs in there on classic games. So Yes. Yeah. So what when do you think or do you think we'll get there as a society, man? Into the ready player one environment? Yeah. A life like that. Like imagine like being in the pandemic, like everything now, you know, just having that yeah. technology, being able to do those things. Do you on think we'll get there? I, I totally do. When this when this first started, you know, and, and everyone had to do a safer at home order here in Wisconsin for sure. Um, you know, essentially I had to convince my partner who I live with and just got that new PC to come out of the gaming room <laughs> once in a while. You know, you gotta eat breakfast, you gotta, you know, get outside for a walk. So it's I think it's accelerated a little bit that it's it's created more of a need for that pivot, but there's going to be a fine line that we need to walk with not only physical health in that kind of a reality where gaming or even like augmented reality, anything like that is, is second nature, but also mental health as well when we make those steps towards that, you know, becoming a tool in our everyday lives. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to, I'd love to see a study on that, just the effects of, a VR like long term. I don't know how you would do a study on that right now, but I'd love to just just put somebody in like a, a headset for like a year and just <laughs> see what happens. Sounds yeah. terrible now that I'm saying that. I might, <laughs> you know, like, all for science. Uh, all for science. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what games are you playing right now? Uh, well, besides the co-op VR games, um, when I can convince my partner to share the PC here. <laughs> Um, I have been working on the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, nice, nice. I actually I actually have the original on a shelf here at home, and um, it's crazy how far we have come with graphics um, for that game. So it's it's been really exciting to play. I've actually never gotten into those. I've always wanted to. My brother played them. I just never got into them. I don't know why. It was kind of the opposite. Where my brother originally had, I think it was Final Fantasy VIII. It wasn't really his jam, so that was like the one game I could get my hands on to play. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe there's a connection there. Yeah, maybe. Can get my hands on it just like everything else. Right. <laughs> well, awesome. Um, one, I appreciate you coming on. I'm definitely I've got your uh, your extra life thing up. I'm gonna donate after this episode because this is rad. Oh, thank um, you so much. And for those listening, you should do the same. Um, I will put all of that information in the show notes and everything like that. But anything else you want to leave everybody with? Um, anything else you want to, you want to, yeah, anything you want to leave everybody with? 
Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for doing an episode with me. I do appreciate it. And I, um, you know, really admire all the work and all the pivots that you're doing as well. So this is, this <laughs> is you. really great that you're opening up these conversations to a deeper level on gaming. There's still some of that surface level of, you know, hesitation with a lot of industries and a lot of people on really considering gaming as a tool, not only for their brand, but also for their mental health, um, you know, it goes both ways there. I, um, I definitely encourage people if you're hesitant on, you know, really stepping into that space, you know, what, you know, what can you relate to gaming? What can you do for your community through gaming? There are so many different resources. You, it's really just picking how you want to impact your community and you can do a search and you can definitely find an organization through gaming that supports it. So don't be afraid to get out there and look and you know, get a little involved on the digital level with your community. Love it. Lastly, where can people check out more about you or keep up to date with what you're doing? Yeah. Um, well, if you want to keep up with my extra life journey here this year, I do, um, you know, try to keep my participant page updated at extra-life.org. Um, just look up Samantha Paulson. Um, you can definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm spending so much more time there with this pandemic, just learning from people um, and learning with all these, you know, free tools that they have on there. Um, but yeah, those will be the two best ways to get a hold of me. 